Good morning. Welcome to Alexander and Friends. Uh, we are today at our the old Purple Cow Branding Studio at 13612 Midway Road in Farmer's Branch. We invite you to come and watch us either on our streaming on Facebook or you can come and sit down and have a cup of coffee just like some of our guests are here today. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. This is February the 3rd and we are just looking forward to a wonderful year Rob Bliss being our co-sponsor of the Purple Cow Branding Studio. This is our studio. We're so excited today for a great, great show. We also have our co-host, Miss, who else? All right. Good morning. Marcia, Good morning. Michelle, no, Marcia. let's call her. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hello. So glad to be back. Well, thank so you. We miss everyone. you. And I know you've had very uh, family Situations, but we're oh, glad yes. to have you here. I'm, I'm glad Thank to be back. Thank you so back. very much. Thank and we so also much. have our co-host, Elena, Elena Glassman, yes. my Good dear morning. friend. Shabbat shalom. And Shabbat shalom to you. Yes. Thank you very much. We have an exciting show. We're going to try and go into the show because we have so many things to do. But before we do that, let's take our Clark family to take us to the Pledge of Allegiance. All right. We'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Isn't that a precious thing? Waking up in the morning, and now we're going to do one more thing. Marshall, since you weren't here last week, would you open our show for us, please, with a prayer? Yes, sure. Father God, how we thank you for this wonderful day, God. How we thank you for our special guest today, dear Heavenly Father, Mr. Michael Gallops. And we thank you that he has bringing his talent, his gift, and the amazing things that he's doing in the community and sharing it with our fans with, on Alexandra and Friends. And we give you all the glory, God, and we give you all the praise, and we thank you for what you're doing and what you already have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, Shabbat. Thank you very much. I'm going to just take a couple of minutes just to go over a, co a, a few items that we need to cover. Mm -hmm. This month is, of course, we're celebrating the Black History oh, yeah. Month. Mm -hmm. and, and today, Mr. Willie Rainwater <clears throat> will be celebrating over 100 years of Black History in Carrollton, Texas. All right. February the 3rd at the Annie Hedge Rainwater Elementary School at one, from 1 p.m. on. If you have a moment, please stop by or at least remember celebration of life is very important. That's one thing. The second thing is, please don't forget to pray for Israel. We are in a very serious situation. Mm -hmm. I'm a Jewish woman, and I want to tell you that the situation is very, very serious in Israel. Mm -hmm. So please keep praying for Israel and for our country as we go along. Absolutely. But having said that, let's move on to an exciting day. I want to thank also our sponsor. This is our studio, Purple Cow Branding right. Studio. But Mr. Robert Bliss Mr. was Robert. also work was our co-host last week, and I want to tell you something. It was a hit. They <laughs> uh -oh. loved his shirt. That personality. I've had that so many people send messages about his shirt. Uh, his, shirt. his shirt. So we're so excited. So I'm so excited to be here today. We have an amazing gentleman. But let me just say, he's not only a gentleman. He's also a veteran that has served in the military, and a lot of people don't know about this man. So today we're going to discover him. So. Mr. Michael Gallops, the president of the MetroQuest Chamber of Commerce, which includes Addison Chamber, yep. Farmers Branch Chamber, and Carrollton Farmers uh, Carrollton Chamber. So now we have three chambers combined into one, and we have an amazing gentleman that's going to be the president of this organization. And I can only say I've known him for a long, long time, <laughs> and he's the best choice I've ever had. So, Michael, welcome. How are you this morning? Thank you for being here. You're taking oh, your time. You. I've seen you everywhere. I mean, every night I go wherever I'm going, you're there. It so has been you. a busy week, and I, I am, know. but I'm excited to be here this morning. So well, I want you. to say that um, the city um, hall meeting that we had was mm -hmm. amazing. Great turnout for Farmers Branch. It was really, really good. And I think Terry Lynn did an amazing job with the city council. Absolutely. So anyway, this is Mr. Gallup. So we're excited to have him mm -hmm. here. He's got a great story. There's a lot of things about him that people don't know which I was very impressed to listen to. So tell us about you, Mr. Gallup. Tell us who you are, what you do, and why are you here today? Well, I am Michael, and uh, as, as Alexandra mentioned, I'm the president and CEO of the MetroCrest Chamber. 
I've been here now for about two and a half months, and before that I was with the Rowlett Chamber of Commerce for about mm -hmm. six and a half years. Uh, married, I have uh, several children. Um, ten. Uh, I'm ten. sorry. Ten. How many? Ten, how many ten, ten children. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's make that correct. Congratulations. Ten plus. Yes. Um, so there we have. Uh, I have four biological children, okay. and my wife has three biological children. We adopted three children, awesome. and through the years, we've had several foster children live in awesome. and out of our house. We currently have a young lady who just turned 18 that's living with us. Okay. Um, wow. So probably 20 to 25 different kids have lived with us through I the years. I love wow. that. What, um, love what, that. A, bless what a blessing. Mm -hmm. Blessing to you and to the children. Oh, yes. That's it's, the most important. It has been a blessing to us. We have enjoyed all of our kids. Um, and I can tell you, every single one of them is completely different. Oh, None that's of them awesome. are anything alike. That's awesome. Just every different personalities across the board. That's awesome. So it never, it's always exciting. There's always something going on. Yes. I've seen that you were um, involved. I've seen on your bio that you was involved as well with the connection of doing adoption. Mm -hmm. So did you sit on the board? Tell me a little bit of what you did in that area and what motivated you and your wife to adopt these children? You know, that's the first yeah. question I have yeah. for you. Well, we, we, when we got married, we got uh -huh. married in, in 2003. Mm -hmm. And as we, as I said, we brought together our family. So we had seven kids, two boys and, and five girls. Um, and, and we keep adding more girls than boys every single time. But we brought those together, and, and as we had been seeing each other and dating, we are like, you know, we have this thing in common. We love kids, and we want to help. And at one time, we had a dream of opening a foster care mm -hmm. ranch mm -hmm. where we were going to have multiple homes with, with uh, foster parents in each of the homes. We were going to have uh, little cottages next door to the homes where grandparents could be, adoptive nice. grandparents could live. And, and that never really worked out for us, but as we were going through that process and making contacts and meeting people, we thought, you know, if we're going to do this, we should have some experience in this. So we started going through training to become foster parents ourselves with the, with the idea to adopt. Mm -hmm. We wanted to adopt two. Um, and so we started going through that process. And then I actually got hired by that adoption agency. Oh, wow. Um, so we had to transfer to a different agency because you can't get licensed by your own. And I became their recruiter and trainer. Hmm. So I was going out and, and, and mostly going to churches. It was a faith-based adoption agency. Nice. So I was going and visiting churches and congregations. My favorite question, I'd get up in, in the congregation on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, and I would ask, how many of you are adopted? And, you know, there'd be a smattering of hands. And I'd turn to the pastor and mm. say, you've got your work cut out for you, pastor, because mm. aren't we all adopted as children of God? No, that's good. And Amen. the pastor's Amen. like, you're right. I'm like, well, a lot of them aren't. So you need to get busy. And, and wow. you know, kind of got a laugh out of that. But um, through that process, we ended up adopting three kids. We um, actually took in four as foster parents. And in the last month before we, foster kids have to live in your home for six months before they can be adopted. And in the last month, one of those young, one of the young ladies, it was another boy and three girls. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be, you know, it was really a lot of girls. Um, but one of the young ladies had some emotional issues and had some, some pretty severe diagnoses. And okay. she made the decision to go back into foster care. And so we ended up adopting, it was a sibling group. So the brother and, and his three oh. sisters. And so we ended up adopting Carlos and his two sisters. And it's, it's been incredible. They're all doing well. Um, two of them have been to college. One of them, they're, they're all out on their own. Good. And just, just doing a fantastic, that's having awesome. a fantastic life. What a great well, story. Yeah. I mean, we, th that's so much needed in our country is adoption uh, families to have that um, availability to oh, love yeah. on these kids. Yes. And, and unfortunately, sometimes bureaucracy can get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. you probably see that in, in, in your experience that needs to be reformed. Yeah. So I want to throw an interesting statistic out to you that blows people's minds. If one family mm -hmm. in every church in Texas mm -hmm. would adopt one child, there wouldn't be any kids in foster care. Wow. One that, child, one, one family child, uh -huh. in each church adopt one, there would be no kids in foster care. Wow, that, this is so interesting. <laughs> I, interesting. I, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. And, so, and there's a lot of need in North Texas, but there are not enough uh, families can can adopt or available to foster. Exactly. And a lot of kids have to go 
to Houston, Austin, mm-hmm. elsewhere, and they're separated mm-hmm. from their school friends, their families yep. in the area. Well, I mean, to that, our three children were from San Antonio. Okay. And they reached out to us and, mm-hmm. and, and brought them up here. So they were separated from everything they had known for several years for most yep. of their lives. Well, I want to go back to that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to say thank you for your service because you are also a veteran. So tell us a little bit about that. When did you join and where were you stationed? And your life is an adventure. (laughs) And and that to me is, you know, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. And so so I want to hear a little bit of where were you stationed? Where did you go? When did you get out? Just a little bit. I I was I did a lot I've done a lot of things I was initially I went in the Air Force in 1986. <laughs> um, I was I was a child. I went in the Air Force in 1986. You're and, still a child. And, thank you. And I was uh, first station. I went through of course basic training and then I went to fire training school. It was at Chanute Air Force yes. Base at the time in Illinois, which is no longer oh, okay. there. Um, they moved that training to Goodfellow out in in uh, San Angelo. Um, and but I went I was stationed at Altus Air Force Base for three years as a firefighter. And I just decided I wanted I wanted more. I wanted mm-hmm. to be an officer. So I, I got out of uh, the Air Force and went into ROTC at Angela State University. Um, and I'd already had a couple of years of college. So I needed about two and a half more years. Ended up getting my degree in computer science mm-hmm. and then went back into the Air Force as an officer. Did my training at Keesler Air Force Base. And then spent four years at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma City. In Oklahoma. I was I was there in 1995 when the Murrah Building was bombed. Oh wow! So that's uh, Oklahoma City has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that city. Um, and there's there's stories there tied to some of the things that I some of the running and stuff that I do. Um, and then I went to Scott Air Force Base. While I was at Scott Air Force Base, I got to spend three lovely months in Bosnia. Um, so that was, that was an interesting time. Um, um, very interesting. I was actually stationed, uh, in Banja Luka at a British post. So I was, I was hmm. me and there were, there was one other Air Force guy and mm-hmm. about four American army guys and then a whole brigade or platoon or whatever of British soldiers, including a one-star general. And as an officer, I was actually the ranking American officer military officer on the base so i got to have dinner every night with the one-star general which is kind of cool for me i'm I'm like a captain and here i am having dinner with this with this one-star general so it's awesome it was it was was pretty fun it's awesome so then you came back to routlet is that correct after you you did a 10-year i did i did two three years and then i got out and then i came back in for seven years then I got out, moved back to Texas, mm-hmm. um, and actually ended up. I worked uh, for a few months at a foster or at a drug, adolescent drug rehab out in Canton. Lived out at Cedar Creek Lake, so I was an assistant counselor. Was the title? Didn't have any licensing or anything, um, but worked at an adolescent drug rehab mm-hmm. for about six months, and then I went to work for Child Protective Services for a year as an investigator. Wow. I don't even think oh, that's in my bio. No, I'm just. Is, is, um, this bio. Is, is, I, I, I read <laughs> so much. At last night, I went back and hunt you all the way down to where you were in high that school. Was, that was the hardest job I've ever had in my life as you, an investigator. Why wow. was this? Why was this such challenging to you? Is it because you had a face some situations that you didn't think you had to face. Tell us about why you felt like it was difficult. Excellent um, question. Well, can I, so can I be really blunt and really yes. honest? Yes, please. We're here. This, um, yeah, this, this is, is what we do. This is, we talk about life, <laughs> love, health, and wealth. And I'll have love. life and love and health. I don't have any wealth, <laughs> but I so can't help you with that one. I love but, it. I love it. <laughs> but, Baby, I love this that. Is, but, this is good. But I can be real. So that year yes. with, 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 um, child Protective Services. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm a protector. I mm. want to protect oh, people. I want to help me people, too. And, and especially kids yes. and, and women. I don't know if that makes me a sexist pig or whatever. No, no, that but is, no, that's, no. That's how I'm I was raised. Way. That's how I was raised. Too. And, and I got one. And I had be. a very hard yes. time being a social worker. And okay. frankly, I had a hard time being nice to people who were mean to their kids. Okay. <laughs> And because it was you have to leave the, mm-hmm. or it wasn't going to be pretty. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. I, I just I couldn't. But you also found your strength. Mm-hmm. Am I right, yeah. Michael? Mm-hmm. When you have to challenge yourself in that type of situation, that's when the strength comes in to be able to focus mm-hmm. on why you're there. Right. And it gains the heart yep. of what the kids need. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much learn how to challenge with the parents, right? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so you can deal with the kids because it's yeah. about the kids. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. Share some more about that. What did you do as in your position to make sure every level of balance was there for the children? Oh, wow. Well, I, you know, we would I would go into a, a family situation. And, okay. And a lot of times those situations ended up where we were able to help the family, help the parents, educate them. That's so good. Um, Absolutely. I had coworkers who that was their main role. And mm -hmm. if it was the kind of situation where parents could learn and they wanted to learn. That's right. They have to want to learn. That's they have to right. be willing to learn. Then we would we would bring in that help and we would mm -hmm. educate them. So good. And we did our best to keep it out of the courts. You know, we don't want good. to remove kids from right. homes. Right. Nobody wants mm -mm. to do that. Right. So we would do whatever we could to, to keep those kids with their families. Um, sometimes, though, that didn't work. Some parents don't care. They don't mm -hmm. want to do anything. They don't want to change. They don't want to change. And, and maybe that's because that's how they were raised, or maybe they just had a bad day. I don't know. Okay. Um, and we would end up in the court systems, and then the courts would decide, and mm -hmm. sometimes it was give them another chance, give them more training. And sometimes we ended up removing kids, and and that was hard. Yeah, kids sure. never they never want to leave the home. Mm. Of course not. I mean, not. It, they go. I, I, of course not. One okay. of the most heartbreaking. I went into a home where these two boys they mm -hmm. were six and eight. They were black and blue from head to toe. Oh. Stepdad had done this to them because they didn't want to eat the spaghetti that had onions in it. And and we ended up removing those kids, and they went literally kicking and screaming and biting. They so were doing sorry. everything mm -hmm. to stay to because stay. that's all they knew. That's yeah. all they knew. Yeah. That, that's all they yeah. knew. Yeah. And and it was not long after that that I left CPS because the just the emotional, the emotional. and the mental stress of yeah. that was it was I'm sure. that side of it was too much. And that's what was amazing about. I went to work at Verizon, worked in IT mm -hmm. for about that. nine years. So what um, you switched that though? That well, I was, when I was in the Air IT Force. Went, yeah, well, when I was in when I was in the Air Force, my uh -huh. last seven years, I was in IT. Okay, so, thank you. So that, that okay. had that connection. So <laughs> that, I kind of went yes, back that was, into that world. A connection yeah. world. Yes. <laughs> and I did that. I got laid off in 2009, mm -hmm. and then in 2010 we started the process of training, and then I got hired, and it was so much better. Being on that side where I could see the result, the result of these kids have been removed. Let's see what we can do to make their lives better. Mm. And so finding families that worked for them mm. and, and that, that just that were ready and willing and able to take these kids in. And it was it was just it was so much more fulfilling yeah. being on that side of things. And I guess in a sense, I was still a social worker, mm. but yeah. with a whole different perspective and a whole, you know, a whole different way of doing things. So. Yes. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. We're at the Purple Cow Branding Studio in Farmer's Branch. We thank you so much for being here today, Michael. This, this, see, a lot of people don't understand. They see Michael as the <laughs> president of the Metro Crest Chamber or anything, but the story, mm. what makes him, what makes Michael Gallops is the story, his background, where he comes from. And we don't know those things until we talk about them because how many people really knew? what you've done before mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. amazing your story comes to the forefront of how did you get to uh, become well when did you go to Rowlett and then you got involved with the Metrocrest or the uh, Chamber of Commerce there tell me how, how did that transpired wow so so I like I, the I said, wow uh, <laughs> so in 2001 2000 2001 after I left Child Protective Services um, I moved to the Mesquite area mm -hmm. and uh, met my soon-to-be wife. We, uh, this is a cool story. Um, we went to high school together, graduated uh -huh. from high school uh, at Mesquite High School. Um, in high school, I had a crush mm. on her. Oh. She didn't know I existed. <laughs> we were in different worlds, different places. Uh, we would have hated each other in high school, except that I thought she was gorgeous. She would have hated me in high gorgeous. school. She is still gorgeous. What are you talking about? And so <laughs> we ended up on the planning committee for our 20-year high school reunion. And I had a background in IT. She had done some on-the-side jobs building websites. So our team, our committee said, why don't you guys build the website? And oh. I was like, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. So we, we met the next week. We met at, at 
uh, Don Pablo's in Mesquite. It's closed now. It's a great yeah. Mexican yeah. restaurant. It was a great Mexican restaurant. Um, yes. We I'll met there, and and mm-hmm. she'll tell you this. I brought my memory book from high school, <laughs> and I was I was one of those crazy boys. I had pictures of my best friends, and then a bunch of girls, and and then on the you know the page. Did where you say? You, I'm sorry. Can you go back and say what was it? You brought my what? best friends and a bunch of girls. My girls. memory book uh-huh, from high school. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And you know how in, you get those little name cards that go in your graduation invitations? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, in, when I was in school, we all collected those. Mm-hmm. Well, so I had mine ranked with my best friends, my two best friends, and then I had all the girls that I had crushes on in high school on that first page. <laughs> and her name was at the top. And I oh. flipped this memory book open, and she's like, how did you get my card? I'm like, you gave it to me. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, you did. And she had, she just didn't remember me from high school at <laughs> oh all. We had some of the same friends. She was in choir. I was in band. We, sh- we had cro- common, very common friends. We were at a couple of parties together. Okay. She didn't remember any of that. Um, and, but, but she fell in love with me. All right. And, and we all got right. married. We got married a year later. And the, the rest is history. And That's it's, right. It's wow. been absolutely phenomenal. Wow. It is, she is an amazing woman. It really was. It, it really was. It's. Um, and then we tell that story and people are just like, oh, my God, we actually got written up in a paper. We won some contest because it was like, tell your love story. And I submitted that and we won and got <laughs> well, printed in the paper. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So, you see, our, our show is about all those the love, health, yeah. wealth. and No wealth. No wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. I can help you with wealth. I'm working on that. Well, so so then you you went you ended up in Rowlett. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so this that so seems like, that's where you come from now, where we right. are today. So tell us a little bit about the the Rowlett area chamber. Uh, you you were evidently an amazing. You were you spearheaded a lot of yes. wonderful uh, products and or a lot of events mm-hmm. and things in there. So tell us a little bit what happened with how did you get there and how did now that you are with us. How did it all transform? Okay, well, nice. so so after Verizon, I went to work for Arrow Child and Family Ministries, and then I left there. I uh, went to work for 7-Eleven for a couple of years. Well, actually, I sold life insurance for a couple of years. I wasn't good at that. Um, <laughs> I worked for a couple of nonprofits in Rowlett as their business that. development yes. director mm-hmm. for Life Message mm-hmm. um, and Life did some things like that. Helped some people with social media, and even though I'm old, I'm really good at social media, so I was helping people, or at least I thought I was. Excuse me, you're in the right location. We <laughs> are at the Purple Cow Branding, the Absolutely. marketing and networking <laughs> studio in the USA. Yep. yep. Okay, Number you're one. welcome Number here one. anytime, okay? okay? I will. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then uh, I, during that process, I ended up... Um, uh, Gosh, I, I ran for city council. I was I've on city that. council in Rowlett mm-hmm. for six years. So mm-hmm. I, I knew people. I did that. Actually got got elected when I was unemployed mm-hmm. while I was looking for the job. Did Served on city council for six years. Mm-hmm. And then I rolled off city council in 16. I was working for 7-Eleven at the time as a, as a they call it a field consultant. It's basically a district manager. Okay. And did that for a couple years. Left 7-Eleven. And I had been a member of the chamber there in Rowlett. I was on the board. And so I left 7-Eleven the day I the day I quit. I went back to the Rowlett and I went in, went to the chamber because I was I was yeah. the chair of the board actually. Mm-hmm. I went to the chamber and I sat down with the president then, Diane, and I said, Diane, I'm I'm looking for a job. Do you know anybody's hiring? I mean, where do you go if you're looking for mm-hmm. work? You need connections. You need That's networking. Right. You go to the chamber. And Diane was like, shut the door. I'm like, what? She said, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. I'm like, what? She said, well, I'm thinking about leaving and going and working at another place. She's working in the colony now. And I was like, I'm the chair. You can't tell me that and expect me to keep it a secret. But we, we kept it a secret for a week or so. And then she told we told the rest of the board she was leaving. And at, at the time, and this is another crazy thing, one of my childhood dreams was to become a police officer. So I started trying out for police officer jobs. Um, actually tried out in Farmer's Branch. Uh, tried out in Coppell, Richardson, Plano, Dart. That was an interesting one. Um, tried out for those. And then when this opportunity, the Rowlett Chamber came open, uh, I had friends. So you'd be perfect for this. And I'm like, I'm the chair of the board. I, you know, I can't hire myself. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a conflict of interest. So yeah. uh, my wife said, well, let's do some pros and cons. And I, I don't like pros and cons lists because you're always going to weight it to the side you want. <laughs> so she's listing all these great things about working at the chamber. It's one mile from home. It's this, it's this. Okay. And then she's like, and you won't that. get shot at. And I'm like, that's okay. not fair. I'm like, let's list the pros on being a police officer. Well, you don't get shot at is kind of heavy. And it was yeah. like, okay. So I 
I, I pulled off the hiring committee, I threw my hat in the ring for the position, ended up getting hired. And while I was there, worked on a lot of things. We, we, it was a very active chamber, very mm -hmm. well known in the community. Um, very. very much a small town fill in Rowlett. Mm -hmm. um, very great networking. There was a, the chamber and the members were very close knit. Uh, but there were some things that we needed to do that we needed to add. And so advocacy was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Advocating for our members was a huge thing, whether that was helping them navigate the, the red tape of City Hall mm -hmm. or permitting or those kinds of things, mm -hmm. or whether that was going to the state legislature and advocating Advocate. on behalf of positive bills, mm -hmm. bills that were good for business mm -hmm. or opposing bills that were bad for business. Mm -hmm. um, and then so we needed to do that kind of thing. And we needed to step up working with talent development and, and workforce development. And I kind of separate those two. And, and from my perspective, talent development is working with your local high schools and your community colleges to help help students be prepared to enter the workforce. Mm -hmm. And then workforce development is helping employers find empl find employees, but also helping them upskill their employees because mm -hmm. everybody wants to improve. Mm -hmm. oh, we right. all need training. Right. As a chamber, if, if I have 10 employers who want to, as an example, do forklift training, mm -hmm. well, if they buy it for two employees and they buy it for two employees and they buy it for three employees, they're going to pay maybe $1,000 each. But if we can put together a group of 10 or 15, we can get it for 500. Mm -hmm. We sell it to them for 750. So they save mm -hmm. seven, they save 250 each. The chamber makes a little bit of revenue mm -hmm. and everybody wins. Right. So, and, and that's just kind of a real basic example of workforce development. But but just upskilling and helping with that and helping those businesses come together to better their employees, which betters their lives, which betters the community, which betters us all. Um, so those were two of the big focuses that I had in Rowlett. And then we took the chamber through the accreditation process, which is extremely intense. They look at nine different areas, including things like programming, um, uh, uh, governance, mm -hmm. uh, finance, um, uh, gosh, I can't even remember, HR, HR. Um, and, and benchmarking um, facilities and, and like facilities even. They, they look at, they ask questions on, on the accreditation process. Is your building ADA compliant? Does it have an alarm system? Mm -hmm. um, I was actually in a, a, I don't know, hopefully nobody from Rowlett gets mad about it. I've told this story plenty of times. The building we were in was owned by the city. Mm -hmm. with the chamber had been in it for 20 years, but it didn't have lighted exit signs. Hmm. It's not ADA compliant without lighted exit signs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's I a hundred year old church. Mm -hmm. So, wow. it, you know, the city kind of acquired it in the 90s and it just mm -hmm. kind of was used for, was, did sat and did nothing for a while. And then the chamber took it over. But I'm like, I've got to be ADA compliant. Let's put some lighted exit signs mm -hmm. in. The restrooms weren't properly marked. There was a women's restroom marked, and then the handicapped and other restroom was for men and handicapped, but mm -hmm. it wasn't, didn't have a sign mm -hmm. on it. It was like, Let's put some signage up so that people mm -hmm. can know where they need to go. Little things like that that you would think, okay, what does that have to do with accreditation? But all of those things together shows the community and the business community specifically that we're following best practices. Right. We're doing right. the things at the top level, at, at mm -hmm. the highest standard, which makes us better, which helps us make them better, which again makes the community better. Because I always thought if you didn't have that in position, you couldn't stay open. Am I correct? In a lot of cases, yeah. Okay. Well, we, we didn't even have fire extinguishers in the building. Okay, see, so yeah, I couldn't stay open. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. We couldn't stay open, period. And, and it was, just, yeah. it was yeah. just overlooked. It okay. was something nobody okay. had really thought about because the chamber had the building and, mm -hmm. you know, but it's all fixed now. It's all That's good. That's awesome. And then and, you, you went straight to Metro Crest mm -hmm. after that. Oh, I'm, so I'm ready. I was ready, to hear ready about for Rowlett for six and a half mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And then the position came open at Metro Crest, and I was like, Three cities. Wow. Hmm. Okay, that's that's different. That's that's kind of intriguing. It's kind of good. a challenge. Yeah. And and I saw the the, the chambers here, and and of course Farmers Branch wasn't part mm -hmm. of MetroCrest when mm -hmm. I first started in November. Um, but it was the greatest chamber of commerce there is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and so I, I looked and I saw some of the same things. They that they, mm. they, they have a lot of great events. They do a lot of mm -hmm. wonderful things in the community. But I didn't see a lot of advocacy. I didn't mm. see a lot of workforce kinds of things. And okay. the, the chamber, neither one of the chambers is, chambers was accredited. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I, wow. I can go do this again. Mm. Uh, let's go do this again. They've got a great team in place. Already had a great team in mm -hmm. place. Um, and, and I was like, well, no, a great team. I had a great team in Rowlett. I'm going to have <clears> a great <throat> team here. Let's see what we can do. So I threw my hat in the ring this time, went through the interview process, and, and here I am. 
Awesome. Well, congratulations nice. because Thank this you. is an amazing. This is amazing for the cities because we do need the accreditation and we do need the workforce and we also need one thing that people don't realize: the Chamber of Commerce is not about the chamber; it's about the people that invest in it. Mm -hmm. exactly. It does all business people that invest in the chamber. A lot of people tell me, well, the chamber hasn't done anything for me. Guess what? Mm -hmm. You have to do for the chamber. You've got to be, you've got to join, mm -hmm. you've got to participate, and then you've got to also mm -hmm. be, uh, be involved in, in the decisions. Yeah. And so that is exciting to see that. So now are you working on the process for accreditation for this, for this chamber for well, MetroCrest? We're, we're starting with basics. We're okay. at, the, at the time right now we have a committee that's, that's um, evaluating our bylaws, making sure our bylaws right. are in place and mm -hmm. in order. And so we're starting at those first levels. We'll get the bylaws in order and then we'll work on a financial management policy. Those are all things that they look at in mm -hmm. accreditation. The HR manual, the financial management policy. Um, the, the bylaws, are you following your articles of incorporation, which were created in 1967. Wow. wow. And a lot of chambers, when they, when they created and incorporated in the 50s and 60s and 70s, had things in there that prevent them, actually prohibit them from doing any kind of advocacy or, or oh, being wow. involved mm -hmm. in government at all. Mm -hmm. So we need to review that, make a change to those, mm -hmm. make a change to our bylaws so that we can do that because chambers have been around since the 14, 1500s. Mm -hmm. And they were created in Versailles, France originally because the business community came together and said, this city is doing really bad things for businesses. Let's make it better. Oh, and so they started way back then and have mm -hmm. been around. Most people don't. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that till I, I started working for chambers. Yeah, and so the purpose there is, is to support the business community and then, and, and help protect them. Protect them from themselves sometimes. Okay. Protect them from government sometimes. And, and not hear? that government is always bad, but Why? when when government is about to make a bad decision, we're going to step up and go, that's not good for our businesses. That's good. You know, they're, they're considering a sign ordinance. Mm -hmm. I want to be involved in that process. I don't want our cities to just create a new sign ordinance and then have to go tell our old businesses, well, this has changed. Do this. Well, yeah. no. Include us in the process. Have us along the way, and we can help you make get it right before it becomes bad. You know, and I think that's so important because I think that's where a lot of businesses make decisions to stay in that particular mm -hmm. city. I'm a businesswoman. I like to bring businesses. I just, yesterday I signed a contract on, on another business in downtown <laughs> Carrollton, uh, which I'm hopefully to bring in the next couple of weeks. But I always find that I'm looking at the city that's going to be protecting me mm -hmm. as a business person and that you want me. So the chamber to me you are the advocate for that. Mm -hmm. It's not all about networking. It's not all about uh, going out there and wishing people. Right. You've got to make sure that they are there for you to help you within mm -hmm. the city, mm -hmm. within going to the, you know, like you said, why would you want to close the downtown for holidays for other events, for vendors to come when you have your 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 business is there? How can we work this around? Mm -hmm. So I'm so excited because Michael, I've known you for a long time, whether <laughs> in in the business and also out in the in the political world. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what's important when you have an advocacy for a business. Mm -hmm. yeah. Without that, I think this is where we fail. Mm -hmm. But again, you have to be involved. And I know sometimes the chamber is a little expensive to do that. It is, you know, some. Small businesses are the ones that suffer. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's, let's say Marshall. Yeah. She's an independent business. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, sometimes the pricing to them, uh, well, it's, it's hard because they, it, it, you take from here, Peter, to Paul. So is there something that you might think that would be good that a small one single person, one single business type person, what do you recommend for them to do when they come into the business world? Let's say to join a chamber. Thank you for And I'm going to take that. for just a second. Mm -hmm. You're listening to <clears throat> Alexander and Friends. We're at the Purple Call Branding Studio. We produce, and we'll be right back. This is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located on Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com, and we are the proud sponsor of Alexander and Friends. Come and see us. Welcome back to Alexandra and Friends. At the, we are at the Purple Cow Branding Studio in Farmer's Branch. And our sponsor is Mr. Rob Bliss, who is the CFO, CEO, and worker of, networker of the Purple Cow Branding Studio. We have Mr. 
Michael, no, I'm going to say veteran Michael Gallops because mm -hmm. he is a veteran yeah. of the yeah. United Board States Air Force, Board of Director, and <laughs> CFO <laughs> and EEO <laughs> and manager of the Metro Christian yes, Chamber of yes, Commerce. Yes. We really yes. appreciate him. Yeah. IOM yes. and TDM and and at least he's not was not not a former wrestler like <laughs> right yeah. like, I didn't like, know that about Mark I yeah like Mark Judge Mark Russo you know we had he, you know he's from your part of the world yes. mm -hmm. so we're so excited well we're so glad you're here and I think this is this is something to me that a lot of people don't know about you you have three cities involved in this chamber mm -hmm. and just imagine when they start listening to this podcast wow we didn't know he had ten children he didn't, we didn't know he was mm -hmm. in a foster parent. We didn't know uh, the things that you have, because when you're interviewing, you're interviewing for the company. Mm -hmm. You're not a, when you come up to us, and I'm on the board of the of the Metro Crest Chamber, and you know you come in, you introduce yourself, da da da, and that's it. But now they get to know the feel of the person, mm -hmm. and that to me, that's what this is our show about. We bring stories like, gosh, somebody has spoken about something that they never have talked about, they were able to tell it, and people understand them. Mm -hmm. So we're so excited for you to be here. So tell us a little bit more. What, why did you decide to leave where you were to come to Metrocus? I know you were talking about, but was there a feel? Did you, were you called for the service? What made you interview? Because I, know, I knew you were interviewing because there were other people who were interviewing. What, what was the, in your heart, did God call you to do this? How did you... Well, I, th I think so. I mean, I've, I've been involved in the Carrollton area, um, not so much the other two cities, but uh, I've gone to church. My wife and I have gone to church for 22 years mm -hmm. in Carrollton. So Carrollton. we're familiar with, with, with the community. When I worked for Arrow Child and Family Ministries, that was in Carrollton. It was over mm -hmm. on I-35, just south of Sandy Lake Road. The building is no longer there. I drove by and I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, it's gone. Um, so that was, that was kind of a shock. But, um, but so I was already familiar with the community. And like I said, I was just, I was looking for something mm -hmm. different, you know, looking for another opportunity. Um, um, the chamber here is a little bit bigger than it was in Rowlett. So it's, it was kind of a step up as mm -hmm. far as the size mm -hmm. of the chamber and the opportunity. And again, Working with three different cities was just intriguing. I, I love working with the cities. And, and going back to what I was talking about advocating, what I've seen so far, the chamber has a great relationship with all three cities. Yes. So I, I didn't want to make that sound like we're, we're coming in and we're going to you know take them on by right. storm. And, right. Because we do have a great relationship with mm -hmm. the city. And, and I haven't seen or heard any stories or anything about you know, bad sign ordinances or anything like that. Nope. It was just kind of an example. Um, we we have really good relationships with with Farmers Branch, with Addison, and with Carrollton. And uh, I've met a lot of people. Met most of the council members and the mayors. I met the economic development directors, the city managers, awesome. uh, and several other employees. Really got to know the fire chief the other night. Um, Wasn't he amazing? And, and he really is. Well, um, and, and of course, I click with him as I was a firefighter for three mm -hmm. years in the Air Force. So of course. Um, have that connection there. Um, I wanted to go back. The question you asked about yes. the small business owner thing. Yes. So, Thank you. This is important. So, Can we pick yeah. so yeah. I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to defend the cost of chambers of commerce because <laughs> I've been a small business owner. I know what marketing is like and how much okay. marketing mm -hmm. can cost. And the, the marketing and advertising, I'll, just one tiny example. Your listing on a chamber website mm -hmm. is worth way more than what you pay in that membership dues. Okay. Expect you put you, you get it on there That's and you great. can you can beef it up, you can add some pictures, you can add mm -hmm. some text. It has a link back to you. You want to help your SEO on your website? You have a link back to mm -hmm. your website. Well, that's what the Chamber Directory listing does. It gives you a link back. You would be surprised. We have members who are like, well, I don't know if I can afford another mm -hmm. year. I don't know if I got anything out of the Chamber. And these are people who never come to anything. Okay. But we still advocate for them. Absolutely. We're still advocating for pro-business policy. So that is for them. We're still advocating for pro-economic de development kinds of things. So that's still for them. But then I, I pull up the statistics that say, well, you showed up in 3,700 searches over the last 12 months. Mm. People visited your page, your directory listing on the page on, on the Chamber website 117 times in the last six months. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's, okay. that's a lot. And so just having that, that listing on the Chamber directory is worth more than any of our membership levels cost. Okay, yeah. I'm so, so glad you said yes. that too, Michael, because I was sharing with Miss Alexandria one day and we were talking and I was telling her um, I was a part of um, McKinney 
Chamber mm -hmm. of Commerce back in 2015. Okay. I think I did 15 and 16. Um, and I was sharing with her that I didn't feel the connection. And I'm so glad you're bringing that clear. I joined. I paid. I stood up and shared um, my information about mm -hmm. my company. Um, passed out flyers. <laughs> went to, you know, I was involved in a lot mm -hmm. of what they had going on. And I didn't feel like I was receiving anything back. So mm -hmm. I was telling her, I was like, I don't see anything reference to what benefits for what I'm doing in reference to arts integration. So I'm so glad that you made that clear. And Ms. Alexandria was sharing it with me, too, to try it again. And you made some things to my attention today that Open my heart. Mm -hmm. And so thank you of Good. how you, the different level of the things that you do within the commerce. And like Alexander was saying a few minutes ago, it's not about the connection. It is, but but it's also about what you do in the background. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of that. And to me, I just felt like at that time in my life, I was wasting just a lot of time. But thank you. I'm, now You're I have welcome. consideration of doing of looking back and getting back into it again. Awesome. Well, you having experience with the social media and search engine, mm -hmm. and it really helps to see the data driven mm -hmm. with, yes. the, with the chamber because there's so much that is unseen behind, you know, um, the scenes of the digital um, ads and digital marketing part of it that mm -hmm. people might not yeah. be aware. But like coming from Rowlett Chamber to micro, uh, Metro Crest Chamber, obviously it covers a lot geographically more and um, and the membership is much larger community. So what do you see um, the the challenge coming into and, and you've done it for six years. So mm -hmm. obviously you were very successful in improving Rowlett Chamber. So what are some of the things that you feel like might be challenging, but you have plans to um, have, bring that community together and for in advocacy and in networking? Um, I, I think the the probably the biggest challenge is is that that we're we're very event heavy right now, and so we're we're spending a lot of time focused on this event and the next event, and we did, we have some great events. <clears throat> they're, they're great events, and we've got some new events that are planned this year. Um, so the, the the challenge is then that that I kind of have to step back personally and leave the event stuff to my staff. Mm -hmm. So that I can focus on the advocacy kinds of things. But then staff needs my support, too. I can't mm -hmm. just not attend events. I need mm -hmm. to be at these things. I mm -hmm. need to participate in those. I need, you know, I, I go in early and help set up tables if we need mm -hmm. that. I mean, awesome. I'm there to clean up at the end mm -hmm. if we need to. But so there's there's that it's it's time management, really. Mm -hmm. It's yes. finding that time. time. Yeah. It's finding that time to go out and visit those members, visit the visit the large companies and the mid-sized mm -hmm. companies and the small business owners, find out what their needs are. Um, so that's that's really the biggest challenge is just being able to fit all of that in yeah. and and then and then hopefully get to the point where we can when we're focusing on workforce development. Um, at, at that point, when we have a bigger focus on that, there are grants mm -hmm. and things like that that are available. And then maybe we can scale back some of the events so that we can do more of those kinds of things. Mm. Yeah, that's so, good. So having said that, a lot of people say, well, I have to join the chamber where I live. It's not necessarily true. No, not at all. You can join any any of the Chamber of Commerce. Now, I find that my, our Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. is very dedicated to to the to the um advocates of the chamber, the, mm -hmm. the, the members, okay? And I also find we just had a tremendous uh, event at the women's uh, organization. Mm -hmm. We're all, what, how many uh, nonprofit organizations did we have there? It was 15 15 nonprofits non yeah. that mm -hmm. were, and, and not necessarily were all in Farmers Ranch or Carrollton, right. were they? Right. There were some that were from outside. Mm -hmm. So my thing that I tell, that I, t I really tell Marshall is, not because you live in McKinney, you have to join. You come and join because I've introduced her. She knows she's met so many people within the area. She is a nonprofit organization, and she wants to expand on that. And, of course, she depends on charitable mm -hmm. organizations. But when my thought is here, what about offering 
And I think you do, and, I'm, and I don't know if you're going to. I knew you'd do it in Rollet because I, I've gone to several in Garland. Will you be adding the, this maybe some classes on how to bring this small small businesses to come together to learn how to use the chamber for their mm-hmm. growing? Would yeah. that, is that going to be a possibility? Well, so mm-hmm. we do one thing that is for small businesses, especially primarily for new members, but it can be used for any member. It's a, basically a Chamber 101 where we bring you in, and it's about an hour, hour and a half long program where we teach you about all the things that the Chamber does, how to access your directory listing mm-hmm. and improve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also planning, and we're, we've started talking about this, about adding a, a feature that we call a lunch and learn, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's essentially it's a it's a free program. Do them two or three times a month. It's about an hour and a half program. You bring your own, so it's a brown bag kind of lunch thing. You bring your own lunch, but we bring in a, a trainer or a coach, somebody to talk about Excellent. marketing for an hour mm-hmm. and a half, somebody mm-hmm. to talk about mm-hmm. finances for an hour and a half, or you know whatever the topic is. Uh, a, a a big topic that's always sadly popular is is anytime there's any kind of major active shooter incident in the country, people yeah. are like, "What do I do? How do I protect my business?" Absolutely. We'll bring in the police chiefs and have them Excellent. do some training, nice. and those are really well attended. Mm-hmm. Um, Going towards that nonprofit side, one of the things that we started in Rowlett was a nonprofit alliance. We started that through the chamber, and we did that. We, we brought all the nonprofits and the churches together, and we did that because what we were discovering was my volunteers at the chamber, half of them or a lot of them are volunteers for the CERT team, and a lot of them are volunteers for Keep Rowlett Beautiful. And when we planned events on the same weekend, uh-huh. well, now we're all strained, we're all for, strained volunteers. for volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> so initially it was like, let's just get together and I'll let's just put it. our calendars on the wall. Mm. And if, if we have two big events planned on this date, well, maybe we can move ours or maybe you can move mm-hmm. yours. And so we started out with that. And then it was like, well, you know, we're all nonprofits. We need some tax advice. Let's bring in a CPA. Yes. Excellent. Talk That's about excellent. nonprofit excellent. tax. Because yes. nonprofit tax is a whole different world. You yes, know, it they're, is. They're, we don't yeah. pay state sales tax and but. but there's still a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of questions yeah. and a lot of forms and a lot of mm-hmm. so bringing in those kind of trainings and yes. coaches for the nonprofit specifically yes. doing that for the mm-hmm. business community so yeah absolutely looking at bringing in training and opportunities like that well oh, one of the things you. that you're going to have that's in your side here is that we have an amazing studio here with all wonderful yes. mm-hmm. we have a, we can sit up to 100 people yes. having them here and mm-hmm. I think it would be great to bring yes. nonprofit organizations yes. that want to know how to do grants working the fine grant writers how because yes. that's that's very important, important. For, a, for a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I'm sure Rob Bliss with Purple Cup Branding um, Studio will be more than happy to. He's a great motivator, as you know. Yes. And I think teach him because you've got to motivate the the small business owner has to be motivated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you know they get up in the morning they got to pay the bills they got to do this this is and they have to go out and sell. I know because I do it every day. Mm-hmm. But I think a, a lot of them <laughs> they want to learn how do we how do we do a grant? Mm-hmm. How do we go move forward to this? And if you can do bring this you know as a membership that's part of your dues that will help you a mm-hmm. lot. Absolutely. So I, I know I'm I going that. on but for the for for, for <laughs> okay. small and business owners because that's important to yeah. me. Well and to your point, well one of the things that I've seen through the years and I've been a small business owner is Small business owners and even nonprofit leaders are very good at making the widget that they make, whatever that widget mm-hmm. is. They're very good at that. A lot of them struggle with those other things. They struggle with marketing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. struggle with bookkeeping. They struggle with HR. They, yeah. they struggle with all of those other things because they want to make the widget. They just yeah. want to go do good mm-hmm. in the community if they're exactly. nonprofit or you know go lame. make you their know thing lame. or sell their stuff. <laughs> that's what they want to do, yes, but they still you know have to lame. do those other that's things right. to be successful. That's right. And that's where we can help with that training and those awesome. opportunities and making connections because maybe you don't want to do your marketing, but I can help you connect to somebody, Amen. Rob, that yeah, can help yeah, you Rob with your marketing. Yeah. Purple <laughs> cop so, branding. Right, you know, right. That's, yeah. that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome because I just found out about Candid Partnerships. Partners, I just found that about, um, like yesterday, what it is, is a website with GuideStar. Okay. Where all the big companies will go to your nonprofit and they will give. So my company was in there and I was like, oh my God. You didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. it? I didn't even know anything about it. Yes. How embarrassing is this? It made me look like as if I... Not doing anything. Mm-hmm. 
But you are. So it is, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. thank you for saying that the importance of bringing people on to help you realize what goes mm-hmm. on in the nonprofit world. Because yeah. I'm the one, I'm the type of person, I learn as I go. Mm-hmm. I don't sit down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I learn it as I keep walking. So thank you again for, you know, just bringing up some things in my head. I'm just sitting here going, wow, this is so good. Because I didn't know the part that you played, which is so important to know, mm-hmm. to make me feel and other people feel, the listeners out here. It's I think that's so right. important. There's somebody out there. Our producer is kind of telling me it is time to <laughs> close this show. And I am so glad that Michael Gallops took his time because it is a very... It's his time, wow. and we're mm-hmm. so honored for him to be here. And I think th- th- a lot of people are going to learn a lot about Michael Gallops that they did not know. And one of them, that he's a wonderful husband, a wonderful father, and yes. a great leader. And in great any organization, leader. leadership is very important. Yes. Yes. Because if you don't have good leadership, you can yes. have all the companies in the world. But you got to know where you're going. And I think you're taking us on the right highway, Highway 66. All right. <laughs> highway 66. All right. So I want to thank you very much. You Tell us what in your closing statement. What do you see and where do you want to take this three cities to? And how can we expect? Would you come back and tell us in a year from now where we are? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, my, my vision is to see this region, and, and we're regional. Mm-hmm. We're a regional chamber right. with three mm. big cities. Mm. Uh, I, I just want to see us grow. I want to help mm. us um, in economic development. Mm-hmm. I want to help us in our workforce. Uh, there's a lot of development going on. I want to I want to make sure that we have the employees, the workforce ready for that kind of thing. And I want to help our small business community and our and our nonprofit community grow and be better and reach more people. Michael, thank you so much for being here today, awesome. for taking your time to come and sit in the. We're small. We're we're still a small podcast company, but we're just moving so big that one day we're going to be CNN and CBS and Amen. Fox are going to say we want you here. So we appreciate that. Amen. We thank you so very much, Elena. Anything for closing for the day? Anything that you have coming up? We we have a guest coming up. By the way, our next guest on the twenty seventh of February will be Colonel Lieutenant. Lieutenant Colonel, I'm sorry, let me correct that because he's going to beat me up if I don't. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is an amazing, amazing uh, veteran, and he is running for the uh, GOP um, seat uh, uh, for this coming election, which is for the Republican Party. But we're having here as the Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, who's going to tell us his story, amazing story, his motorcycle stories. Oh, I'm sorry, and I meant February the 24th. And coming on the 3rd of March, who do we have, Miss Elena? We have the state representative of House District 65, Kronda Timish. And she's going to take about, she's going to speak about her legislative updates and the constitutional amendments, all the great things happening in our community. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Well, we're that's so excited. Exciting. We're very excited. Miss Marshall, what do you have? Oh, happy Black. History Month. <laughs> Absolutely. We thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Alexander Friends. Please subscribe to alexandrofriends.com or to Alexander Friends and Company on Facebook. We'd love for you to give us a call. We have very exciting guests coming in the future. Thank you so much for taking your time. Mr. Rob Bliss, thank you for having us on our studio at Thanks, Purple Hall Brandy. Thanks, Rob. You're an amazing. Thank and you. We'll be back. Producer. Have a great, great, great week. And Michael Clark, Michael thank you for Clark. the great thank production. You, Michael. Thank you, Michael. We love Thanks, you. Michael. Thank you. We'll see you soon.